Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely. And we'll give back to us. This is Wade here in the podcast studio, joined by my dear friend and colleague, the Reverend, the Doctor, Michael Berg. And we are here today to be talking about Pentecost and Holy Trinity, uh, kind of the this gateway to the long green season of the church year that hopefully most of us are familiar with. Unfortunately, that's the season when t- sometimes attendance takes a bit of a dip. Um, but that green on the altar that reminds us of, of new life, um, of growth, but especially of new life, uh, is quickly approaching and Pentecost and Holy Trinity usher that in. Uh, Let the Bird Fly is part of the 1517 Podcast Network. Very proud, mm. thankful mm. Um, podcast of the 1517 mm. Podcast Network, which is a, uh, a large network and a growing network, has a lot of podcasts. Um, and uh, we encourage you to go check that out and more at 1517.org. <clears throat> I've been plugging the last few sessions. Um, maybe check out The Soul of Christianity their season just dropped. I've got to listen to uh, several of those episodes. Very good, but one of them is with Michael Berg. Did you know where I recorded that? Was it in here? No. Your office? No. Your home? No. Were you on the road? No. One guess. You're going to kick yourself. My office? No. It's a friendship rectangle. Well, you don't talk about that much. That's all right. I, this is, I, I think this is No one knows where, what that is or where it is. Let's they not. don't have to know where it is. Okay. There, there is a room. That I found. That you found. And I that nobody uses, to get into. But we have access to it through our master keys. No, through keys. Through keys. And You're getting loose-lipped here. <laughs> and uh, we can store books and, and whatnot there. Meet with people. Meet with people. When I had my last call. Did I tell you this, Michael? Uh-uh. And there were discussions, well, you know, is there anything we can do, you know, to help with your work in ministry here? And I said, I want that. And I got for official permission to have it. I just haven't gone through the avenues. Okay. So it's still... It's a small rectangle. profile, but I've been waiting for someone to try to claim it, and then I'm going to play that card. It's, uh, it's a small rectangle. I got rectangle. it from the, from the higher ups. Small rectangle room, and you have dubbed it. <laughs> The friendship rectangle. The friendship rectangle. And you only find out about it if you are in the friendship circle. That's, that's you have to be in the circle. In order to get to the before rectangle. Before you make it to the rectangle. But I will say, Michael, has that not been very it's utilitarian been space it's been for useful. you? It's been very useful. We even let Jason in there sometimes. Yeah. But he does not have, we each have actual space, a drawer. Yep. Jason does not, nor will he get one. I have like uh, whiteboard markers, dry erase markers in there. Yes. I have clips and yeah. has a variety of things. Okay. Okay. I don't want people looking for this either. Well, they're never going to find it. Yeah. I don't have a I don't have a key anyway. So. So Michael and I are here, and it became pretty clear pretty quickly that we're both agitated, <laughs> um, by different things and by some of the same things, and by life, by the universe, um, not by Jesus. We love him, um, but uh, we're going to do our best. To not be agitated for this episode because we're just gonna we're gonna let the bird fly um, in grace, truth, love, and patience. Can you tell us working on um, fruits of the spirit? Yeah. I'm gonna be presenting in Galatians and Romans and the Pacific Northwest, and so 
I uh, was looking at Galatians 5 and Luther so we can get to that transmission point where you got to like warn people, now don't forget everything that came before Mm -hmm. uh, because that's what we always do. Like, oh, a list. I love lists. I'm going to work on these things. And uh, it's like kind of the opposite of what Paul's, what he's saying there. The gifts. Yeah. The gifts. Yeah. Yeah. You don't work on them. Yeah. uh, Aristotle works on them. Yeah. I like Aristotle. Yep. But he's missing something. Yep. He's missing grace. He's missing the spirit. He's missing the spirit. Missing Pentecost. And I'll tell you, I preached on Pentecost this last Sunday. My opening line was, you got to have the spirit. Got to have it. You have to have it. I agree, Michael. Um, And so that's what we'll be talking about today. I will just briefly plug, and hopefully Michael will not make any insulting comments. Jason and I will be leading an 11-day Germany tour in May of 2024, May 13th through the 23rd. Experience the cradle of the Reformation. Jason and I have dutifully been working on Winging It Sessions, content for this podcast, Mm -hmm. um, on our trip to Rome. And then now on Germany in general and specific places we'll be going in Germany. We just transitioned uh, into that section. Do you feel like that window into you and Jason spending much time together helps or hurts your attendance for this next trip? Um, I think it's a mixed bag. We have had a number of people that have registered that have referenced that they're they're like, I want to do that. mm -hmm. I want to be a part of that. Or do you have some people be like, that's a great... But it's hard to know how many have said no because of that. That's what I don't know. Yeah, they're like... That sounds like a great idea. Let me listen to those guys. And like, I don't want to do that. All of the elect will be on the bus at the end of the day. That's all I know. All that God wills to be mm-hmm. on the tour bus with us will be there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I will just continue to work to bring that number to its fullness mm-hmm. or for God to do that. Through you. Through me. Um, you can check that out, the trip at letthebirdfly.com, Germany trip 2024. All the details are there, including how to register. All right. Um, I don't even know. We don't have the disclaimer anywhere handy, right? Um, this show doesn't speak for us or our church bodies. If you don't like something we say, or tell employers. Jason. It's a podcast. Deal Let's with podcast it. it. Yeah. Like, just turn it off if you don't like it. And, uh, yeah, so we'll just, oh, I think that's that's good enough. <laughs> Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all of these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Uh, That is... That's the word of the Lord, Mike. That is the word of the Lord. 
top five readings in the pericope for sound and I mean, you, go back to your parish days. Mm-hmm. Let I'm me, back there. Let me, let me. Oh, it's lovely. Let me guess. Mm. You enjoyed reading out loud on Christmas Day, John chapter one. I did enjoy that, but I liked Luke even more. But Luke two. Yeah. Genesis one. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Um, I like uh, Genesis or Galatians uh, when the time had fully come. God sent Galatians four. Yeah. But you got to think this is fun to read out loud. Except the for list of all except for those. all the places, they get a little tricky. Yeah, I just make up. I just just if you say it confidently. That's what I always told my members. I said, if you don't know how to say it, you just say it with confidence. Yep. Most people are not going to challenge you. No, so I, I'm sure I there's there's other alternative pronunciations of those words, and maybe the pronunciations of some of those places are just in my head, and I'm the uh, only and one. And you know what? And if you don't like it, don't listen to our podcast. Who cares? Yep. But you have just, to just turn the. Turn on another podcast right now. Michael did a great job. Leave this him is alone. A top Leave five. Him alone. This is a top five. You read it well, Michael. Public reading because it's fun, but it is one of those things like, I don't need to know all those names. Mm-hmm. I don't need to have that list. And yet, what a powerful testimony of the undoing of Babel yep. at Pentecost when we can know the word, the word of Christ as the one unifier that you are not going to find anywhere else in this world. Yep, and uh, and when we're reminded that what the Spirit does is he uh, he moves the apostles uh, to deliver the means of grace, mm-hmm. right, to all of these people with these different languages as they will then preach. And we'll look at, as we talk, what they preach about. I always think it's kind of funny um, that the Spirit kind of gets, you know, this day in the church here, um, if we were that kind of church that had like um, liturgical dance, like the people that come in with the little, the flags and the stuff, mm-hmm. they they'd have like spirit flags, right? And there's um, fire, yeah, flames, fire, fire, flames, tongues. Uh, this is the spirit's day, and then yet, what happens? Peter gets up and he preaches about about Christ, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk Holy Trinity. And what happens, it turns out that the Trinity is centered in at least our relationship to it in Christ, the Father who gives Christ and the Spirit who works faith. Um, Not that I don't want to get into any like subordinationism Mm -hmm. where I put Christ on the top, Mm -hmm. Um, but rather that this is, it's almost like the Bible is a book about him. Well, and I think it, to break that down, I think it's very interesting. We've talked about this before, being a second article Christian. We're not talking about like who's number one or whatever. That's mm-hmm. that's we're talking about for me, right? Because this Bible, this testimony is for me and my faith, right? It's going to be about Christ because that's how I'm going to know the Father. And so when you think about all right, the spirit does not is not at least normally, right? At least for us, is not gonna zap us with knowledge. We have a promise that the Spirit's going to use the Word to give us knowledge, faith, hope, and peace. God can do what He wants. The Spirit does what the Spirit does. But I don't have a promise that I'm going to be able to uh, be overtaken in holy laughter. Or or go sit uh, on a mountaintop and yeah, hum. Uh, and yeah. then... or, or even speaking in tongues. And remember, when Paul lists the, speak, uh, the gifts of, um, of the Spirit um, at one place, um, he talks about speaking in tongues, and then he says, 
and those who interpret the tongues, because what yeah. would be the point of the tongues unless you had this word, right? And so, and it appears at least as we see it in the Pentecost account that these tongues are real languages. Yeah. This is yeah. not, or just to mention Babel again. This yeah. is not babbling. This yeah. is not confusion. Or that maybe that was universal, but they heard it in their own language. Right. The point is, they it's understood. It's understood. Otherwise, what would be the point? And Michael, I th- have you ever spoken in tongues? I've spoken about tongues, but I've never spoken in tongues. Did you know that I, uh, I w- went to Pentecostal camp for two weeks when oh, I was nice, in there? Nice. How'd I, that go? We can come back to that story if you want. Did you, um, did you pick up any tricks? No, but I was, um, I was like the only kid who didn't speak in tongues. Yeah. And so the, they were super nice. Like no one tried to force mm-hmm. me, but they were really praying for me to do this. Mm-hmm. And I just. Wasn't happening. Yeah. Did you feel like you were going to hell after that? No, I just felt like um, really appreciative for the Roman Catholic Church, which I was a member of at the time. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, but then I will say those Pentecostals, you know what they got me doing? Mm. Reading the Bible. Yeah, and because uh, we used to play basketball at the Pentecostal Church down the street, and that's how this all happened. Yeah, and uh, so then they would be like, "Why don't you come to Bible study?" And so some of us would go to Bible study, and they gave you a King James Bible. Yeah, and then I got to be friends with the pastor's kid, and. Uh, and he had a sister, let's just say. She was easy on the eyes, Michael. She's a real nice girl. And uh, and so I didn't mind hanging out with both of them, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, we never, like, went to a church service there. We just went to Bible class. And uh, then they said, well, hey, you want to go to this camp? I was like, I've never been to a camp before. Church camp, that sounds interesting. And... Uh, and then uh, I ended up going, and, like, the first day, like, we're doing these activities. It's all super fun. I, I like activities. You know me. And then we went to the service, and the lady playing the piano fell backwards off the piano. And she just started. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you'd call this motion, but, like, you know, shaking. Shaking. Her limbs. Quaking. Her extremities. Yeah, and uh, boom. Ah. There's a lot of, like, alababa, baba, whatever. Yeah. And I was paying attention to the sounds because if I got to the point that I thought it would have been most in Christian love for me to just fake it, mm-hmm. then I was going to do that. Yeah. And my thought was I was going to like intersperse some like rosary stuff, yeah. but not mention Mary. I, yeah. I, got, I got the sense that would not have gone over well there. But then like some, you know, maybe like some full of grace, Alababa, yeah. you know, whatever. And um, And instead, they just every time would kind of like put their hands and pray for me. So I felt very prayed for. Yeah, yeah I bet you did. The, um, but uh, it was all right. Yeah. Otherwise, play a lot of basketball. Sure. Played some football, some soccer, yeah. had some good games. So here's the balance, right? Is I, I, I need to have, <laughs> I need to have the spirit, but the spirit is going to, as we have seen God's modus operandi, is going to use ordinary means to accomplish extraordinary physical, for the spiritual. So St. Paul, uh, in his first letter, I believe his first letter to the Corinthians, talks about how... One Corinthians? Yeah, one Corinthians. Or in the letter to the Corinthians, um, talks about how you cannot know a person unless you know their soul. And in a similar way, you cannot 
speak about God unless you have the Spirit. Now, we're not equating Spirit with souls and God has the Holy Spirit is God's soul. We're not saying that. But I think the analogy is very helpful. So here's, here's how I teach it in class. So, Wade, imagine this. I'm going to paint a picture for I'm you. Imagining. This guy walks in. I'm also kind of still remembering Pentecostal King. No, I'm going to change your mind now. I'm going to take you I to I wonder what she's else. doing now, Michael. Well, let's imagine this guy who <laughs> comes joking. in. And he's, he's, listen to me, 6'4". Yep, 6'4". 300 pounds. It's a big dude. And a healthy 300 pounds. Ripped. His shirt is two sizes too small because, of course, it is. Mm-hmm. And it says Wisconsin Badgers football. Okay. Walks in here. And uh, because we are all prejudiced, we prejudge. We look at his outward appearance and we make some conclusions. And what would be a, a conclusion about this, this man? Uh, he's an athlete. He run blocks a lot. He's probably, yes, uh, he's going to be a. Very probably, seldom has to pass block. And he's, <laughs> he's tall enough to be maybe even a defense, either a defensive end or an offensive mm. tackle. So okay. he uh, helps carry that team. So not only we're talking about that he, what sport he plays, we're talking about what position he plays. Mm-hmm. Then he speaks. Then he speaks. And when he speaks, it turns out he's a big fan of the ballet. Oh, man, he's a poet even. He's a poet. He's married. He's got two two young kids, uh, and he's just a sweetheart of a guy. Loves to bake. Uh, just got this shirt from somebody. Doesn't even pay attention to football. Doesn't know a defensive end from a, from a shortstop. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now the point is, in order to know him, I needed to know his soul, his non physical thing. I couldn't make just judgments about his outward appearance. And notice that the only way I could get to his soul was words. Yeah. So I can look outside at God's physical creation and I can come to some conclusions about him, but they will always be wrong, even if they're wrong just because they're incomplete. I can see God is powerful. He is beautiful. He's in charge of stuff, but it also means... Uh, he's awesome. Uh, he's awesome. Like maybe even God is great all of the time, and all of the time, God is great. Mm-hmm. But then there's these nasty things like earthquakes and hurricanes. Rains from heaven yes. above. And so I can also come to a, a false conclusion that God is angry at us, um, that we must do something to make him happy, like make a sacrifice or something like that. Paul's point here is you can make some conclusions about God from the outside world, but they're going to be wrong, even if they're they're right, they're going to be incomplete. They're going to be wrong by omission, we may say. In order to know God, you can't just have the physical, you have to have the spiritual. You need the Holy Spirit. And what he's after here is... You can understand spiritually discern things. And so what he's saying is not just, you know, hey, you need to have the Holy Spirit to have faith because you're an enemy of God. That's part of it. But just you, there's no way you can know spiritual things without having the spirit mm-hmm. just like I cannot know you only by looking at your outside. So I need the spirit and in order to have the spirit, I need the words, right? And so the spirit is always about the words. And so it's not just about perhaps the, the, the being taken over physically or emotionally by the spirit, maybe even being able to speak in tongues, but I need to have the interpretation. And that leads me to think two things. One is, this makes sense that Christ is the word, right? So I need to know the words, which is about the word, the eternal Logos Christ. Yeah. So if I'm going to be 
about the Spirit, I need to have the words, and the words are going to be about Christ. And again, we're not saying that Christ is better or worse than, that's not the point here. It's just saying this message for us so that we may believe is going to be about Christ because it is through Christ we get to the Father as, as sinners. And one more point. It strikes me that words then transcend the gap between the spiritual and the physical. So in order to know somebody, I need to know their soul. And to get there, I, I have need to look into their eyes. Or, or better, listen to their words. Right? And I was gonna, words, I was gonna make a song. Like, know, <laughs> words are. Hold on now, just wait, just wait. Words you see? are both physical and non-physical things. They tell us about concepts that I can't see, hear, touch, taste, or smell. They get us to spiritual things, to the soul, and yet they're still ink on a page, and they beat upon eardrums, they come from lips, um, they make sounds, physical sounds, all kinds of things. And so it, it's one of those really profound things, and no wonder that God has been about the word ever since the beginning, when he said, let there be light, when he spoke, and then the beginning of the New Testament, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So I think when we talk about Christ, the Spirit, and the Word, that's a good Pentecost Sunday, don't you think? I do. And, and the undoing then of Babel, we've been Babeled, and God, when he comes to mess us up at the, at the Tower of Babel situation, he does not come with armies, he does not come with earthquakes of our volcanoes, he attacks our most powerful thing, mm-hmm. our words, and we've been Babeled. And I would argue, I, you can disagree with me, but I would argue, I will not, Michael. That when we look at our world right now and all of its pain and all of its suffering, it is, of course, goes back to sin and rebellion. But we could also trace quite a bit of it back to being babbled. We've been babbled. And we cannot talk to each other. And, and if we cannot talk to each other and words Words are limited for us because we won't listen or we cannot understand each other. We don't want to take the time to understand each other. Then we're only left with the physical to judge each other. And that seems to be very difficult. Yeah, and there's times we even say, I just don't have the words or I can't put it in words. Uh, But what does Paul, and you were talking about 1 Corinthians 2 before, I think, Michael, but what does Paul say in Romans, right, in chapter 8, when we don't have the words? The Spirit intercedes for us with sighs and groans. Um, Why is it so frustrating to not have the words? Because words is how we reveal ourselves or we we understand another. Um, I like what you're doing so far. And so if we we consider this Pentecost account, which Michael uh, read very well, um, we see that the two things that the Spirit is about is about Christ and words. and maybe that's helpful, too, in a day and age where we like to think about and talk about uh, things as spiritual in a way in which they're detached from um, the incarnational or that they're attached from the revealed, um, from a, a specific revelation, or even attached from, oddly, we say spiritual, and then we detach it from the metaphysical. Uh, <clears throat> So that spiritual just becomes 
kind of this Play-Doh-ish, malleable, emotional, um, sentimental. No one expects it to be true, like math is true mm-hmm. or science is true. It's just this thing. And when does it get belied how shallow that is? It's usually in big moments of tragedy or death um, or great sadness where suddenly that spiritual doesn't work so well. Uh, and so we remember when we're talking, and this this is something that has infected Christianity, and it's something that Luther himself had to deal with in, in Ulrich Zwingli, uh, who tried to make the main dynamic, the dialectic of Scripture, flesh and spirit, as if the material and the spiritual were divorced, when the whole point of the Gospels is that Jesus Christ, who commends his spirit on the cross into the Father's hands, is true God and true man. He has flesh and blood. And so hopefully Pentecost is a helpful reminder. Um, I, I think back sometimes to, to Pentecostal camp, and I'm not, I'm not attacking Pentecostals, but I do sometimes feel bad um, for uh, people who find themselves in a religious atmosphere that views the spirit largely um, unmoored or unanchored to the means of grace. Um, and this is the great temptation of Christianity. We see it with Zwingli. We even see it with Calvin to some degree. Um, this unmooring of the spirit from uh, the means of grace. We see this in medieval piety where the spirit is just attached to all sorts of places where um, the spirit has never been promised to be that um, one of the the gifts we have in the Lutheran confession of the faith is that we always know where to find the Spirit and we always know precisely what the Spirit's doing. We don't know. Um, we see the effects of the wind. Uh-huh. But we know the Spirit's doing one of two things. He's work, working faith or hardening. This The Word is always efficacious and the Spirit is the one who works through the Word. The Spirit is always pointing to Christ. Um why don't we just briefly hit on uh, Michael in connection with this then too. As God gives the Spirit on Pentecost, he also gives preachers. Uh-huh. And by giving preachers here, I don't mean to say simply he gives called and ordained servants of the Word. <clears throat> but he gives people who proclaim the Word. And this can be the mother and father in the home. This can be friend with friend. Uh, This ought to certainly be in the church, those called into um, the office of the holy ministry. But that um, that the the Spirit, when we see the Spirit at work in the Bible, it's connected to someone speaking. Um, So we've hit on words and the importance of words. And I think a lot of times in American Protestantism we hear words and we can think, yep, Bible. Well, most people did not encounter in, in Christianity over time, especially it just wasn't as widely available or people weren't as literate. Um, they didn't primarily encounter the words through Bible, but through preacher. Um, maybe if you want to unpack just a little bit, um, Michael, and you hit on it some, but just to maybe this spoken word that uh-huh. the even Jesus says, the Spirit will give you the words to speak. Yeah. So I, they're relational. They're, it's not just me. Right, and this is going to be a good transition for us to the Holy Trinity, right? Because God is going to be relational, right? Um, 
So, yeah, it's not an abstract thing. It's a physical thing. It's not a uh, YouTube video on how to fix something. It is somebody teaching you to do it. It's not even a YouTube video of a preacher. No. There's, There's the spirit. Work, can work through the spoken word, but that's not relational in the way we're even getting at here yet. And all of the people that you mentioned are, should be, know you. They should know you. They should be a friend, a family member, your preacher, your professional preacher who is the, um, the shepherd who knows, who knows the, the sheep and, and the sheep know his voice. Um, it, it's not a something to learn. It's something to be proclaimed. It's not something to help you out. It's something to comfort you in that way. And there's there is a, an important but subtle difference there. We've said it before, right? It's not self help. It's not any of these things. It is finally not just words that sit there on a page. And then you do the action upon them, right. learning it, putting it into practice, whatever. Which often becomes the approach people will take yeah. to their Bible. But rather, this is a living, double-edged sword, got a dynamic, it's got some juice, it moves. More and more, I like to think of when I explain like Romans chapter 1, the gospel is the power, right? The, the dynamis in, in Greek, dynamite explosion. But I like the word dynamic in English. It, what's, what's something that's dynamic, that's living? It's, it's got, it moves, right? It moves. It's got some juice to it. It does something upon us. Now, with that said, there is a responsibility of the listener, right? And I, I don't know that that's, this is a little bit of a left turn. That's right. Podcast. And we saw so we can keep this so much short, so I'm going to give us five minutes. Yeah. So I'm going to let you do this left turn, and then we'll... Uh, I don't think we, we... We are not doing that very well in America right now. We have a responsibility as a listener to turn off garbage, to not just believe whatever comes our, across. Our ears Our ears are sacred. Yeah. Um, we have a responsibility as listeners. Yeah. Right. Now, what we don't mean here is that Okay, the word's sitting out there. you got to go get it and do something with it. But at the same time, if I am made new in the Spirit, right, then I need to discern the spirits, right? Mm-hmm. So, so we balance this out here. Faith comes from hearing, as Paul says, but so does unbelief. Yeah, and so faith comes from hearing. It's, it, it, the power of the gospel it, it's, is to save. But then how many times does the New Testament warn us there's going to be Antichrist, there's going to be there's itching ears hear what they want to hear. Uh, there's going to be the spirit of the sage. You need to discern the spirits. And how do you discern the spirits? Will you take their words against the only word that you know is going to be truth, no matter what, and you, and you compare it against those words. So there's a responsibility here. And so we're getting farther away from the idea that the spirit just zaps you and you're done, right? This is something that bridges the gap between that the mysterious, dare I say sometimes mystical spirit that comes upon us, this word that does something that's dynamic, that has power to create out of nothing, that's balanced out with, God gave you a brain. Yep. And maybe if we connect there, the small catechism, when, <clears throat> when Luther's treating the means of grace, right? What does he say? We should gladly hear and learn God's word. And I think we sometimes 
take the second part, learn, like a textbook and like just wrote memory work like we maybe had to do in elementary school. I didn't, but you did, Michael. Oh, wait, no, you went to public school too? Yeah, you didn't have to either. Okay. Well, neither of us. So... And that's why we don't know our hymns or our Bible yeah. as much as our wives. But um, but gladly hear and learn there is also learning by that word being done to you. Yeah. Um, and not every word you hear in the moment is always going to make complete sense. We, we are not primarily students, as we right. said in a previous But episode. that word is, will, the Spirit will be at work through that word um, in your life to teach. And this is what Luther meant by both the meditatio, that you're meditating on that word, pondering it, but also by the tentatio, mm. that God will work through. Um, the, the gospel, the holy gospel for Holy Trinity for year A, which I believe is what we're in now. <clears throat> and uh, I did the one year often in the parish, did you as well, Michael? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most of our churches are in the one year, in the three year. Mm-hmm. So uh, Matthew 28, 16, and 20, we'll just quickly hit on it, and I think it, it connects what we've been talking about to tie in Holy Trinity. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted, and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. How? baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the Trinitarian name, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Um, As we talk about the Trinity and we've connected, right, that the Father gives the Son and the Spirit works faith and the Son, we remember then uh, the name put upon us in our baptism and the name that we are to be uh, taught and to be uh, taught up in uh, is this name of this Holy Trinity. The whole point of the revelation of the Trinity to us, which is a mystery, it's not something we can break down in easy mathematical fashion, the whole point of its revelation to us um, is what takes place in the means of grace, in word and sacrament. It's revealed to us to redeem and save us. Um, it's the same name in which we were created, right, in paradise, uh, we see the Holy Trinity present there too. And so as you go into Holy Trinity Sunday, and I hope to get this out this week, um, go into it and remember that the name that has been placed upon you in your baptism, uh, and then the sign of the cross, right, is given to you whenever you're absolved, is given to you when you're dismissed in the Lord's Supper, that this Trinity, as Michael said earlier, is for you. And he's revealed in words, um, to speak to you with words about the forgiveness of sins, new life, and salvation. Um, and this is the, the grand connection between Pentecost and Holy Trinity. And then we get into that long green season, which, uh, Michael, I'll let you close on, but this is now the life of the church. Um, the Spirit now is at work in us to grant us new life. And I say very hesitantly, growth. Because I think as people hear growth, they often hear it in like in an American evangelical sense of like just this, I'm holier every day. Um, but growth that comes even through the times when your muscles are being torn, when you're being tested and tried, that that spirit is still with you in that word, with Father and Son for your good, and most importantly, again, for your salvation, so that each day, It's not that you're a new creation and now we enter the season of the church, 
so that each day you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I'll leave it off there, and I'll let you wrap it up. Yeah, then, and it fits coming off of the Easter season too, right? A new kingdom, right? It makes sense that this would all, which of course you're just going through the life of Christ, right? And and the life of the church, and this makes sense. Yeah, we are jaded. Uh, this is uh, this is uh, our generation is jaded because we grew up in the church of growth. We grew up in the church of growth because. And let's be honest, because all around us was growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's you know. Let's not be uh, too naive to think that our culture does not affect the church. Everybody was talking about growth in every uh, sector of life. And it's when many of the communities you live yeah. in were growing. Now they're having yeah. trouble paying the bills, but yeah. they were growing. It's we had we had had the 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 boomers, which were this generation that. The population grew. Yeah. Um, lots of uh, it was an optimistic, exciting. If age. you ain't growing, if you if you ain't growing, you're dying. All Which has led to now infrastructure and churches and all sorts of things that we can't maintain. Right. It's yeah. been. It's let's. Well, yeah. <laughs> so uh, at the same time, I'm criticizing us because as a reaction Wait, to me that, too? yeah, you, oh, Michael, because because Didn't I tell you that I'm already frustrated <laughs> because we have a bad taste in our mouth mm, about fair. the word growth yep. and yet we should not we should not uh, totally dismiss I it and so and so but i i think what what we have that's a little bit better than the let's say shallowness of the late 70s 80s 90s early 2000s um all around us in our in our culture in our economics and even often in in the church um you know, let's let's not fall into that trap either. So, what it what is growth, right? Well, it's a death and resurrection kind of thing. It is not uh, theology of glory growth. It is uh, I look back upon growth. I never think about growth in the moment. It's growth down more than up. Yeah. That is our we are growing more and more. Our roots are dependence in Christ rather than growing up as an adult and less in need of Him. That does not happen. Um, and I would say that the pinnacle of growth is when you stop caring if you're growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this would correspond with our concept of freedom when you are just who God has made you to be. You are living in freedom right there. And you're not always thinking about it because you're too busy living in freedom and letting the bird fly kind of thing, right? So... Um, I think it does flow naturally, Easter, Pentecost, and then the season of Pentecost or the, the Sundays after Holy Trinity with the color green and uh, uh, more of an emphasis on the church. Um, but that's because it flows naturally out of the life of Christ and the church itself. Mm-hmm. right? And so Christ ushers this new resurrected kingdom. He's going to send the Spirit. We go into the world. And this is the growth of the church. And then the connection between the Holy Trinity and Pentecost, as we've already mentioned, it's relational. This is the Holy Spirit is about the Word, about Christ, who gets you to the Father. Yeah. Right. Um, and and as much as it is a mystery, and it is, and remember, mystery for us is not a mystery to solve like Scooby Doo. It's a mystery that cannot be solved. It is going to remain mysterious to us, and that's okay. Um, as much as the Holy Trinity is mysterious. We know a relational. B. There is through the Holy Spirit. We get to 
we get faith in Christ who gets us to the Father, right? Um, there is there is an internal internal logic to it that it's not foreign to us. I wonder if that's a good way to say it. It's mysterious, but it's not foreign to us, right? So, I think that was good stuff. It's fine, yeah. You know, I think there's a lot. It's fine and good. There was it was it was average, mm-hmm. maybe a bit maybe above, a bit above. A, I think above average. There were some good I'll thoughts on yeah. cost, and I think Solid the connection B. to Holy. I would go. I would. If you gave me a B, I would come back and I would say, Professor, what can I do? I think this is a B plus. And you'd and be I would annoyed. Say you leave me alone. And you yep. would be annoyed and B plus. But in the back of your mind, you would say, Why are you so concerned about grades and law? Yep, I have a whole speech about that. Just let the bird fly. Another round, another round, another round, another round, one more round, won't get me down. 